Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, we're doing something different. Um, we posted uh, my message from our first Wednesday services, and I have my friend Emily on here with me, and we're just going to talk about it. But if this is your first time on my po- podcast, uh, my one goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. And if you're new here, hit subscribe so you never miss out on anything that's happening. If you didn't listen to the message from First Wednesday, go over there, listen to that, and then come back over here and hang out with us. You'll probably still get stuff out of this podcast, but you might get more if you actually listen to the message because you might be like, what the freak are they talking about? Right? Yeah. 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 So with all that said, um, I'm excited. I, I really, um, the message we did on Wednesday, it was just out of my quiet time from the other day. I actually had a different message uh, prepared, but I felt the Lord leading me to do that. And we're reading through uh, Luke right now. And my Instagram community, I feel like a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. I think it's fun to do it with someone else. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, like, when your Bible time is, like, something you can talk about, I feel like it always, for me, like, sticks more. It's necessary for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a herd animal. We talk about uh, your dog, Charlie, that is a herd animal, right? She, like, is made to, like, be with people and, like, do things with people. She doesn't want to do anything by herself. No. That's kind of me. Like, she's been kennel trained since we got her, and everybody told us that she would eventually just fall in love with her kennel and just go to it, even when she doesn't have to, and she's not that way at all. Every time we put her in there, she just feels like her whole world is ending. She, like, looks at us like, why did you do this to me? Like, yeah. She would never choose to be in there by herself. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. so relatable so in the message um i just talked about the different um fruits of repentance and really truly the whole message like the premise of it is is that we're preparing a way for the lord right and i think i think we're still doing that we're Mm -hmm. still living that out we're preparing the way for christ's second coming and um i believe in that sometimes we can hyper spiritualize it but here john breaks it down really practical that our life once we're baptized should be lived noticeably different Mm -hmm. and that really truly to see if we've lived a repentant life it's shown in the fruits of how we're living out every single day right and i don't know i think for a lot of my life i really did have secular and sacred you Mm -hmm. know i really um even as i read it through this time in getting ready for the message. Cause I've read Luke so many times. I've never seen this part before, mm-hmm. um, in this way I should say. And it just stood out to me. Cause I was like, man, I remember when I thought doing things at the church was really holy. And like my volunteer time there serving in our nursery was holy, like doing stuff at the church office was holy, but like doing my laundry wasn't holy. Mm-hmm. Like the way just me being a mom, wasn't very holy going to the grocery store wasn't holy and like I sanctioned like these parts where like God was and then these other parts where God wasn't Mm -hmm. and really truly when you see Jesus life like he didn't live that you know and um, I don't know where that mentality came from Mm -hmm. um, in our culture and society but I do think that we do live very fragmented lives of like this part of our life like glorifies God and this part doesn't Hmm. where John the Baptist, you can see him, you know, declaring to prepare the way of the Lord. 
And then he starts messing with their everyday life. So, yeah. I think it's partly is the definitions around things. Like, even me and Pastor Brian at lunch were talking about, like, people saying, oh, well, we're having revival over here. But what is revival? Yes. Do you know what I mean? So it is partly like, oh, I'm doing stuff for God. Well, yeah, so am I at Chipotle. Yes. Or, like, so am I at, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it is, like, sometimes we have really um, small views, like, minuscule minuscule views of what it looks like to serve God. Yeah. Right? And what that means, like, I'm doing big things for God. Right. Does that have to mean, like, I'm a missionary in Africa? Like, it doesn't have to mean that, right? It doesn't, no. And it's the rating system. We love to rate Mm -hmm. things. And so Mm -hmm. are you doing big things or are you you doing, like, a 2.5 on the 10 scale for God? Or Well, even, like, this wrecks me up, right? You think about the man at the gatherings, the demoniac. He comes to Jesus. He gets set free. And he's like, I want to go be with you. Right. He's the only person. I don't know if I agree with this statement or not. But to my knowledge, he's the only person Jesus denied them coming with him. Because hmm. he was like, I want to go with you. And Jesus goes, no, just go back to the city and tell everybody about what I've done for you. Mm-hmm. And that is like mind blowing. Yeah. Because I think in our over spiritualized mindset, we mm-hmm. think, well, the only place of significance is when I'm doing, like, these church things, these religious things. And Jesus basically revolutionizes his life. Right. And he's like, I want to give up everything and follow you. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not asking that of you. Just go back into the city and just love them really well. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, the whole message, I just thought about how many people, especially in the South, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I've been baptized but does the fruit of your life reflect that you've been baptized? Right. Like, do you actually live like a safe person? Or is it like a checklist on your religious duties of like, yeah, yeah. I've done that. Or I've done the membership class at my church. I don't serve. I don't do anything in the church. But I did that once. You right. know, like I went through the membership class. I've got baptized. It's almost like yeah. it's like these notches on our spiritual journey, if you will. Yeah. But we actually aren't doing anything with it. Yeah. Where Jesus like comes in and completely revolutionizes this guy's world. And then he goes back and preaches to that city. And I remember it was a teaching John Holler did years ago about how Paul goes back and to near one of those villages where the man of the gatherings was and they have a great revival there. And pastor John always says, maybe it was the faithfulness of that man going back to the city that Mm -hmm. was preparing the way for the revival that was going to come in the book of acts. Mm -hmm. And really when you ponder upon that, like my everyday life is preparing a way for God to move. Yeah. Right. In future generations in ways that don't really look amazing. Like he doesn't have a whole book of the Bible named after him. Mm -hmm. He didn't like do some awesome like crusade, but maybe just our acts of faithfulness is to set up where people are more ready and willing to say yes to God. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Pastor Brian's message uh, not too long back when he talked about 
um, how much more likely people are to become a Christian whenever they know somebody that's like a kind Christian. Mm. And I'm like, man, if we had more people preparing the way of the Lord, just, By just being kind. Yeah. Just yeah. these like fruits of repentance. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Oh, it's thanks. good. I liked how you opened it with the, uh, like, can anyone tell? Yeah. You've been baptized. And I think that it caused people like from the very beginning to be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and like introspection in a good way, more of like asking, asking yourself, like, hold on. Like, has my life, does my life look different? Mm-hmm. And I remember asking myself that. I was baptized when I was five. Wow. And I remember. That's so cute. I saw my big sister get baptized. It was when we lived in Tennessee. And it was like a big Baptist church. And so lots of people were getting baptized at the same time. And I was like, what the heck, mom? Like, why do they get to go swimming at church? It's not fair. Yeah. Like, and I just thought it was like, I want to do that. And I still have a bit of like. No, there's nothing I don't want in the church. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So part of it was, like, good. Part of it's just, like, I don't know what that is, but I'll have it. Yeah. Right? And so, and my mom was, like, well, that's baptism. And she explained it to me. Yeah. And then, like, led me in the sinner's prayer. Yeah. And then it was, like, I was 14. And I was, like, I got baptized. Like, I did the thing. But I have zero. That didn't change me at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was the part I warred with was, like, I can't tell a difference between, like, what I was before and what I was after. Yeah. And I wanted that, like, I knew God was calling me to, like, say yes, like, all the way yes. Mm -hmm. Like, knowing what I know now, I want to say yes to that. Mm -hmm. And I think after I got baptized when I was 14, Mm -hmm. I remember coming home. And I was um, sitting in my computer room. We had, like, an office at our house. And I was, like, uh, I think I was, like, what was that, MSN Messenger? Uh I think I was uh, messaging my youth pastor. And I was, like, I don't even feel like the same person. Like, I don't breathe the same. Mm. And it was, like, this, like, presence on my chest Mm -hmm. is that I could feel like I breathed different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I used to could lie, like tell a white lie Mm -hmm. just to my parents to like get them off me. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't, and I remember telling them, I can't even tell a white lie. Like, I just have to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And that being a big portion of like how I felt afterwards is, I don't know, I have to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that like that lying spirit was hard on me, Mm -hmm. like growing up. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I, whenever you said that, it immediately brought me back to that of like, yeah, that changed me. Mm-hmm. And what it should be, right, that baptism is a symbol of dying to your sins and yeah. being resurrected. Well, it's a prophetic right, act. Erected. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, it's the most widely practiced prophetic act. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of like, yeah, when a, when we do a prophetic act and you don't know what you're doing or reason why you're doing it, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to have the same impact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as like, no, I know what this is like. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that we're like our, our theology, if you will, is ever increasing. Mm-hmm. Right. So even you take where you're at now, theologically, mm-hmm. Like, you're in a much more advanced place than even at 14, Mm -hmm. right? 
So like God's ever growing it, which mm-hmm. is ever deepening what you see happening. Mm-hmm. So it is with communion. So it is with worship, yeah. everything, you know? Yeah. But um, it doesn't take the effect of it from when you were five, right? Yeah. God was meeting you right where you were at. I believe you were saved at that time, even though mm-hmm. you didn't fully grasp what the blood had paid for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but I do think that God's called us to like ever increasing like levels in mm-hmm. our spiritual journey, if you will. Yeah. Where we're going deeper with him and are more impacted by what he's done. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's really good. Yeah. That's so good, Emily. And I just remember... um yeah, even then, I was, like, obsessed with calling, mm-hmm. too. And it's, like, what you speak about a lot in this message, too, of, like, the divide between the secular and the sacred. Mm-hmm. Of, like, I was obsessed with, like, well, I don't know what God's calling me to do. Dude, and let's talk and about that. Like, I just went off on that just out of nowhere, but it felt... Strong. Well, yeah. Yeah. You could feel it in the spirit. Could you feel it? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this wasn't really in my notes. Like, I plan on talking about just God erasing the line between secular and um, spiritual, but not in the way that I did. Like, I went off there, and Mm -hmm. that was just true Holy Ghost. I was like, oh, okay, God, like, you want to say this. Yeah. Great, cool, we'll go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Great. You have any more to go off on that? No. 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 Okay, the moment's passed. I mean, I... (laughs) Do you have more to go off on that? No, just that it's like, um, I think I always thought, like, I feel this pull on my heart or tug on my heart. And, like, um, I truly don't think it was till I went to ministry school when they talked about, like, no, you can be a called business person. Yeah. And you can be a called political person. Yes. And, like... We need people in those areas that are like Daniel, who was in politics, you well, know, yeah, and you like take what John the Baptist was saying was like so against everything they believe. He's telling the Roman soldier to keep being a Roman soldier. Yep. He's telling the tax collector who they saw was the most wicked of persons to just keep being a tax collector, but do it honestly. Yeah. Don't like, steal money, but keep doing your same job. <laughs> yes. So it would be like looking at somebody in the movie industry, right, in Hollywood. And like, no, I don't want you to leave Hollywood. I just want you to be a bright light in Hollywood. Right. Like, I want you to use that platform. Yeah. And change what people know and think about it because of the way that you're doing it. It's not like the ultimate calling to be like, wow, okay. Like, I'm called by God <clears throat> now. I'm going to quit my job as an actress and be a pastor yes right yes it's the ultimate calling if that's what god's asking you to do but it's not like oh like i work at a church and that means i'm more called than you yeah do you know what i mean yes and i I you can push back i don't know that the church people view it as much and i might be wrong I i don't well i'll say this in our house we don't view it that way i do think that there's people in the secular world society they're like oh you work for a church like it's like you've got this you're like the chosen one yeah like you have this like special different access to god you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. um but i mean that really all comes through catholicism you know where the priests were the only ones that talked to god which really roots back all the way into jewish Mm -hmm. Where the priest, the high priest, was the only one to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Yeah. 
and he made intercession for all the people. Yeah. And so all of that to say, mm-hmm. I just think, um, I don't know. I think, I think if we could ever realize, I remember when the Lord told me, um, he spoke to me about, um, my dishes, which we talked about this at lunch here at the office the other day, but God spoke to me about how I did my dishes that mm-hmm. it was going to influence how, what he allowed me to steward later on in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I never saw my dishes being sacred, but mm-hmm. God was like, no, I'm paying attention to how you do your laundry, how right. you do your dishes, right. how you pay your bills on time, like how well you're honoring like your employer now. Mm-hmm. And I started taking God seriously. And I, I really do believe um, the fruit of what we're seeing, like really is because like... I don't know. I don't, I don't credit myself, but I think that there is a portion of stewardship. There's a portion of stewardship. Yes. And I think that if God would have opened that door to me to steward something well, and I chose not to, then I think it would have closed what he wanted to do in the next season. Mm -hmm. It would have limited my influence. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, but that was one of those steps of God, like erasing that. And even with on my staff, I'm like, oh, your most important ministry days are the days that not that you're here. It's yeah. the days that you're with your family. Yeah. Like that actually, that's your number one mission field. Yeah. Like it's not the teams you're leading or the people you're influencing at church or in our high schools or mm-hmm. through our college, but it's actually the people in your house like mm-hmm. that, but it's erasing that secular and sacred um, yeah. kind of mentality. So. It's the same thing like with when I would do dishes at Chipotle. Yeah. And I, like, wanted... I knew I was, like, called to, like, work at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, like, exactly what that would look like. Mm-hmm. But he would he would always tell me, like, don't halfway do this. No. And, like, that every pan that I would clean and, mm-hmm. like, scrub with that metal brush mm-hmm. would be, like, is a soul mm-hmm. saved? And so he's like, when you halfway do it here, it's, like, halfway like treating someone's soul halfway yeah and so I was very like careful how I would handle it right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think it's not like um oh because I did I cleaned dishes well now I get the job I want it's not that it's the like um God teaching me on something that carried a really little weight Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because it's his kindness right Mm -hmm. he doesn't Mm -hmm. just throw you into the world cup he no. teaches you like you have practices, you have Solo games, practices. you have, you have games that mean nothing, coach. right? You have yeah. a lot of stuff before you get to that point, yeah. Because the pressure is too great, yeah. You know? Oh, right. I I feel this. Um, the Lord told me whenever we were about to plan our church, and um, He told me at the beginning of 2013, He said, "You're gonna have to stay when it'd be easier to go, and then you're gonna have to go when it would be easier to stay." Mm-hmm. And I always tell people the sign that you're not ready is when you think you are, yeah. and then when you think that when you think you are ready, you're definitely not ready. But then when you think that you're not ready, God's like, "Oh, now you're ready." Yeah. But it takes like a process, right? 100 percent true. Yeah. So, which of those fruits uh, stood out to you? On the five, she she said she would call my message the five fruits of repentance. I was like, okay. Great. No, I just put my notes that way because no, I was like, oh, maybe I missed what she said. Um, I mean, I have a lot. I feel like all of them, but um, on let me see, the fruit of honesty where there was dishonesty is truly like what I spoke about earlier. Like when I got baptized first, it was yes. like. Actually, honesty. Um, I feel like now when I, um, 
deal with a lot is uh, the fruit of repentance is living a life led by the Holy Spirit where there was my own plan. Yeah. So I would say like in church life, I have a pretty, I'm pretty good at like Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Yeah. In my personal life, I have like, I'm not as good at that. So. Can I disagree? Yeah. Okay. I disagree. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think you're very good at that. Okay. When God spoke to you to sell your house, you did it. Yeah. And it was like at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. Just as when God told you to buy your house, you were at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. I think you're really good at it. Thanks. I think you actually listen to the Lord a lot personally and uh, work wise. Mm -hmm. I think you're just a really hard critic on yourself in that. Yeah. I think I think um, maybe your vocabulary around it might look a little different. Maybe it's that you're in love with your own timeline more yeah. than it is your plan. Yeah. Yeah. I trust him with the plan. You I want the, Holy Spirit, the timeline. Yeah. You feel the Holy Spirit leading you. And what I see more of you is like, you're like, God, I know this is the right move, but it's the timeline of when you want it to happen versus yeah. when God actually greenlines you for something. Yeah. yeah. I see it a lot as like, because... It's like the God tells secrets to his friends. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes God, like, gives me a view of what's going to happen. And as soon as he gives it to me, I want it to happen that day. Yeah, same. So. Same. God will always move my heart first, usually, and then Brian's. And so I feel like the number one enemy to God's plan is Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be so frustrated. That's real. If if Brian followed me, we would be ahead of God. Yeah. And I've learned following Brian, we're right walking with God. Yeah. But I always like will feel God. I'm like, it's time to go now. And Brian's like, no. And then in like six months or a year, he's like, I feel God saying to do this. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's like the perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is that like truly like the excitement and like confidence around like I know God said that like I knew long before I sold my house that he was saying that I was going to move yeah right and so but the day he told me I wanted to move yes and so it's the I think it's the it's like the next step after like not just do you hear God but do you hear God say when yes what did you hear God say? And then what did you, when did you hear God say? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's like, it's kind of like how we talk about in the prophetic of, um, God, what of this, is this just for me? Is this for me to pray? Is this for me to tell them? Or is it just because I'm a prophet? Mm-hmm. And I think with our things God tells us, God, is this for now? Mm-hmm. Is this for later? Or is this for, for me to prepare? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is what am I supposed to do with it? Not everything is for us to act right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I know when he's saying now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because, like, like, when I got the text of this house, I'm like, oh, I think it is, like, I think it might be time. Yeah. And you know... But even when I know it's not time yet, I want it to be. Oh, like, yeah. I'm pushing it. Yeah. I am like Mary. Like, um, he's like, it's not my time yet. And I'm like, mm, yes, it is. <laughs> right? Yeah, but he's unwilling to move his timeline. Unlike yeah. Mary. So. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. do with that? Dude. She moved his timeline. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Another podcast. Yeah. Another day. (laughs) That's deep. That's deep. No, I I agree though. But I will say this. I feel like the person I relate to on this is when Jacob wrestled with God, but he never walked the same after. And Mm -hmm. there's been so many times and seasons where I've wrestled with the Lord 
on what he's asking me to do. Mm -hmm. And, but after that season, I never walk the same around that thing. Like I always walk differently. And when I say walk, I mean like your walk, whenever you see walk in the Bible, it's your daily manner of living. Mm -hmm. And so replace that in whenever it talks about running, it's talking about a purpose, but walk is just your daily manner of living. Mm -hmm. So Jacob walked out of there and his daily manner of living was different. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like there's been times where I was so strivy for so long Mm -hmm. that my plan was like, I was more in love with my plan than I was with God. Yeah. And so I loved God when he was working within my plan. Yeah. And I did not uh, want to serve him as joyfully when the plan was looking different. So yeah. anyways, if I'm just being honest. No, it's real. Yeah. But now I'm just like, God, actually, just as long as you're there, I'm good. But, like, I don't want to be anywhere where you're not. Like, Ugh, I've done it without him. It's not it's fun. It's awful. Yeah. I want his hand on my life. Every time I think I have a really great plan that's, like, better than his, it's literally never. Never. It's never good. It's actually just more fun to just get in the car, be like, cool, where are we going? Sounds nice. Love that. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be that than, like, demanding on him and all of that. That's just always, always not good. Yeah. Which I think also goes with the... The third point you had was the fruit of repentance is contentment, yes. where there was dissatisfaction. And I love what you I spoke about. I felt like about. that was so from the Lord. It was. <laughs> when God showed that to me, it was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what were you going to say? Just when you said, I love my life, a sign of a changed life is, I love my life how it is. Yes. And um, I think that that's like part of being a prophetic person. I truly think is like sometimes you can see what it's going to be. Yes. And um, the challenge there is like what we just spoke about. But, you know, like the the choice to be content. Like I love my life right now. Yes. Like even if none of these other things I'm believing for happens, like I love my life right now. Yes. And I can ask God for things, but I'm not, it's not pending on my satisfaction. Yes. You know, I'm content right now. Like. Whether I can be content while I wait. Yeah. 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 And I think that you can, like, roll your eyes and move on past that, like, cliche statement. Um, or you can apply it. Yes. And the uh, application is, like, I'm actually, like, I've heard people, I think with good hearts, say the wrong thing. Yeah. Of, like, I won't be satisfied until I see the dead raised. Well, yeah, or people, like, yeah. Right? Things like that. So what does that say? It's it's okay to believe for that. Yeah. It's okay. I'm down to believe for the dead race. But the dissatisfaction with the Lord until you see some sign that you want or until you see, it's like, to me, that's antithetical to who he is and yeah. what who we're supposed to be, right? Yeah. Is like, well, I'm not going to be. It actually repels the presence of God. Right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that 100%, I think repentance requires humility. Yeah. And so all these things, like. When I drew, when God drew the line to me when I was reading my Bible, and he was like, no, our level of contentment is reflected in how we treat people. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've never met a content, uh, um, angry person. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Because they're asking for such, they're mad because the situation hasn't changed. Yes. Or the person hasn't changed. And they're really mad at God, mm -hmm. but they're just taking it out on everybody that's around them. Right. They can't, they can't lash out at God the way they want to. So they're going to lay on their horn in traffic and flip somebody off. They're going to go off on the clerk at the grocery store. They're going to be rude to their coworkers. They're going to treat their kids like they are hindrances to their real life that they wish they were living. Which instead, if you were just like flooded with gratitude, right? You wouldn't treat your kids like they're hindrances. Yeah. You would be fine for somebody to get in front of you in traffic. Mm -hmm. You're great with your coworker. Maybe they're having a bad day. So you pick up the slack that day, not thinking, why, why do I have to do this? Right. I don't know. I just thought, man, the, the cure to a nicer world, he's letting us know, isn't just for us to think ourselves nice. Mm-hmm. But it's actually to be content more. Mm-hmm. Like the more I'm content, the more I'm grateful. Would you think about how Americans are just like uh, a lot of countries will say like how rude we are. Like, yeah. um, but you think about how our culture, our society is less, right? We always want more. Like mm-hmm. we're not happy with what we have. We want more. Yeah. We've got the big barn syndrome. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. No, it's true. When I, when I thought about that, I was like, dang. I just had never drawn that line. It was like so, whenever God showed it to me, I was like, gosh. I think that's why it's like the the kindness isn't pending upon how, how much money you have or don't have, right? Because mm-hmm. contentment isn't based on that, right? No. And so, um, like, it's you can have a rich person that's super content. But they're not always, right? Right. Just like you can have a poor person who's super content, content and but kind. But they're not always, right? Right. Poor it's both. That aren't. Yeah. And so I don't think the key is wealth, right? Right. It's contentment. And how yes. do I find contentment with what I have so right now? So let's push back on this, like uh, for the people listening. How can you take the area that you're most frustrated and turn that into gratitude? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I'm most... Like, with. if you're frustrated, uh, like, people listening right now, they might be frustrated with their spouse, mm-hmm. right? How can you be grateful for your spouse instead? Mm-hmm. If you're irritated about your kids and their schedules and they've got so much going on, like, how can you turn that into gratitude instead? If you're frustrated with your place of employment and you feel like you just have so much work to do and that you're unseen and... What you do doesn't even matter. How can you turn that into contentment? God, thank you for this job that's Mm -hmm. providing for our family. God, thank you for the office I work in. Thank you that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, look for things daily to be great, like, to let your heart be flooded with gratitude Mm -hmm. and watch that frustration begin to melt away. Mm -hmm. Because I would just dare to say that every area that I'm being purposefully grateful in I'm also not experiencing frustration around. Yeah. I think gratitude and contentment um, are, like, paired together, right? Right. It's because it's, like, you're focusing in on on the things that you do have rather than what you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter what, like, uh, status you're at. Yeah. If you're grateful. Right? Yeah. We met people on Skid Row that are content. Yeah. Right. And so grateful. Right. Yeah. And kind. Right. It's paired. But yes. we met people that were also discontent and not grateful at all. Like right? we met both. Right. Yeah. Because it's a choice. Right. I just, I don't know. 
I just, I would, I would challenge the person listening that if you've got an area in your life where you're experiencing frustration or anger, um, ask yourself, how can I purposefully turn this into gratitude right. and to begin to make it a daily discipline? Yeah. Cause gratitude's a discipline. Yeah. It's not going to happen naturally. And I think, um, a lot of people, I just feel like there's some people that are like, if this person changed, I would be happy. Right. So yeah. it's the. Like I love my and life that's how it is. Them God. I that love makes that person God because they have the key to your future. Yeah, you've just idolized that person. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have a golden Buddha in your house, but you've built your entire life mm-hmm. around a person's behavior towards you. Wow. Yeah, I just felt that. Like when I heard when I said I love my life how it is, I just heard. I love my wife how she is. Yeah. I love my husband how he is. Yes. Like, that's what I heard. Yeah. I love my mom how she is. I yes. love my dad how he is. Yes. Right? And even in that, like, the relationships that you're frustrated with of, like, you have a list of, like, I need one, two, and three to change in them in order for me to be, like, okay with this. Yes. And I feel like in that, it's, like, causing a lot of frustration and, like, discontentment there. Yeah. Yeah. That you're unable to even see what you're grateful for in them. Yes. Um, and it, even that's your declaration. Uh, yeah. But I'll say that unlike, okay, like the commercials where you see on TV where they're like, uh, this prescription can do this, this, and this. But side effects are la-da-da-da-da. Do not <laughs> use this if you've been experiencing this, right? The Bible doesn't come with uh, ways that you get out of doing what it says. Yeah. Yeah. And gratitude doesn't, you're not exempt of being full of gratitude in areas that you've experienced hardship because of your story. Yeah. Like you're not a special unicorn. No, totally. And I feel like for me, even with the things that I've experienced in my family, Mm -hmm. God doesn't lessen the requirement of me because of those things. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would just dare to say, say that I have to do it more. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be even more mindful to be great, grateful. Mm -hmm. And I have to be even more mindful to practice mercy and to forgive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, no, he didn't say, he didn't say, honor your father and mother if they're honorable. Yeah. He or, said, honor them. Yeah, he didn't say, unless you've had a hard time or unless your employer's like really mean and they're unfair, then don't be grateful for them. Right. But he's talking to soldiers, John the Baptist is, who are working for the most corrupt and evil empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And he says, just be content working there. Yeah. Like, be content with your job and just treat people nice. Be kind. He didn't say go unenlist. No. 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 He didn't. I'm like, dang, just think about that. It was like my struggle growing up all the time. I was like, yeah, you can say honor your parents because they're honorable. Yeah. What if, What do you do when your parents aren't honorable? Well, the command is still the same. Yes. So. Yes. That's good. It's good. It's good. I hope you got something out of this. <laughs> yeah. You did? I did. Great. Yeah, I didn't know you were asking me. No. <laughs> I was just asking it in general. I thought it was great. It was great. a really good word. Every time we do baptisms, I think I should get baptized again. Emily really does. Every time Every I get time. down uh, from speaking, whether it's me or Pastor Brian on baptism weeks, 
uh, she's like, I feel like I should get baptized. And I'm like, okay. And she like sits there and she's like, I really think I should. And I'm like, You're like, just do it. And I'm like, okay, just do it if you want to. And she's like, no. <laughs> Every time. But it was funny. There was a couple people. They're like, I always want to get baptized on baptism uh, weeks. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like it's that heart that's like, uh, God, anything you want me to do. I'll do that. I'll do that. Like yeah. there's no ass too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well, hey, thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast. Thanks for hanging out here with me and Emily. Love you guys. We're glad that you're here. It'd be kind of weird to have a conversation without you listening. So thanks for being in the room. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. So tag uh, me on social media, on Instagram. If you post this on your stories, on Facebook. Um, I always love seeing that you guys are getting value. And hey, we've got sisterhood coming up. And you want to you wanna be a part of Sisterhood. It's coming up March 9th and 10th, mm-hmm. and it's going to be so good. And I have an incredible guest uh, coming to join us this year um, in 2023. So start making your plans to hang out with me. I know it's going to be really good, and I can't wait to see all that God does um, at Sisterhood this year. So anyways, with all that said, peace out, Girl Scouts. <laughs>